A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to My Favorite Work of Art. With me, Dr. Laura-Jane Foley. Each week, I'm joined in the studio by a guest who tells me all about an artwork that means something to them. Today, my guest is Pinky Lalani, an author, motivational speaker, food expert and women's advocate. Born in India, Pinky was educated at the universities of Calcutta and Bombay before moving to the UK in 1978. She's an Indian cookery specialist, the owner of Spice Magic Limited and the author of two cookbooks. Pinky is a passionate supporter of the empowerment of women and has founded a variety of awards and initiatives recognising and championing women from across the UK. She received an OBE in 2007 and a CBE in 2015. In 2013, Pinky was listed on the BBC Woman's Hour Power List, the 100 Most Powerful Women in the UK. I'm delighted she's joining me today. Welcome, Pinky. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about being here. Oh, thank you. So tell me, what is your favourite work of art? Well, I've chosen a work of art by Gulji, and it doesn't really have a name, but it hangs in our entrance hall, and I love it because it makes me feel really good every time I look at it. So for the benefit of our listeners, can you describe it? The painting is actually a very large canvas with um, abstract kind of brush strokes. It's got calligraphy on it, so in fact it's got a big gold like sun or moon, you could say, and a verse from the Quran. And the rest of it is a very pale blue and grey. So it's actually a very serene piece of art. So it's very calming as you walk into your house. Absolutely. It's very calming and um, it always kind of makes me feel full of energy. So can you tell us a little bit more about the artist? Gulshi was actually a Pakistani artist who studied engineering and self-taught uh, as an artist. And he main body of work is about calligraphy, really. He does a lot of verses from the Quran, great brush strokes, abstract, really. And sometimes he uses different kinds of materials. So he also does things with stone. And while he, a lot of his paintings are with oil, he does also add other kind of mediums into a, a work of art. So he's very interesting from that point of view. I think he was quite a prolific um, artist for a certain period. So I found many houses where I've gone in where very similar calligraphy is, um, you know, present in those kind of paintings. But I think our mine is very, very different. Mm -hmm. So it's particularly important for me. That and how did you first come uh, across Golgi? Well, um, there's a fantastic um 
picture, a painting of his at the Ismaili Center um, in you know Kensington, and it's dramatic, it's huge, it's done with stones, um, and he also uses lapis um, with, to great effect. And I used to see it at the center every time I went, and actually they had an exhibition of his there where he was selling his paintings, and I bought one that time. So you met the artist? I met the artist, and actually when I bought this painting, I asked him if he could explain it to me and what it stood for, because I think it's open to so many interpretations. And he's quite... I guess he's an artist and he started talking and and, uh, went in many different directions. But he told me it was, uh, he thought it was the sun or the moon. So it was open to interpretation. It had a verse from the Quran called Surah Eklas, which was in this gold sun or moon. And he said it was about man's relationship with the Almighty. So looking out into eternity. I, I mean, wonderful that you got the chance to talk to the painter directly. Yes, absolutely. And he was very good at actually taking to the stage and explaining uh, his different works of art. And he was very passionate about what he did. Um, And even though he was, you know, I guess he was older when I met him, he actually, uh, there was great vibrancy in his paintings. Mm. And did you uh, see him again? Did you encounter the artist again? I did actually see him again because at one time again, Benazir Bhutto, who was, you know, um, at that time president of Pakistan, was in London and he was there too. And he asked me if I'd like to buy another painting of his. <laughs> and I must say I was very, very tempted, but I kind of resisted. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, it's interesting what you say about uh, the uh, Islam- Islamic calligraphy in his work uh, because it's a, a wonderful quotation here um, that he when he talks about his work being the externalization of his inner journey um, through which he communicates with the pulse of life. And he says, I am enchanted by Islamic calligraphy and feel close to the Sufi mystics. At the mystic level, barriers melt away and religious experience, whether Buddhist, Hindu or Muslim, become one. One could call it human experience of the ineffable. I'm very interested in that idea of of religion and uh, mysticism and in his idea uh, of religious experience being as one. And I wonder if you have that sense in front of the artwork. What's your, uh, do you feel a religious sense in front of it? Yes, I do, because obviously there's a verse from the Quran, which for me is important. But more than that, in Islam, it's all about your relationship with, the Almighty. And that's open to interpretation. Everybody relates to God in a different way. And there are no structures that you have to go through. Sufism even is about very much about your soul. And that's what I felt when I met him, because um, he talks about several works of art, but they all had something of religion in them, because, you know, obviously a lot of his calligraphy was from the Quran, was scripts from the Quran. So that was there. But also the way you interpret it, it's very personal. And I think in religion, in Sufism, uh, it's a a very personal journey. So I don't think you can belong to the same religion and yet you can have very different journeys to the way you relate to the scripts. Mm. How do you interpret the Quran? How do you actually, what's your relationship with people? Um, and, you know, about uh, in Islam, there's a lot about, obviously, it's the month of Ramzan now, so about fasting, which helps you to reflect on your inner journey. Um, and so you really felt that when you met him. Mm. How important was religion to you growing up? 
Um, I think it was it was important. We had we weren't like we didn't pray our namaz five times. Lots of very religious Muslim people do, but there was very much a sense of spiritualism in our family. So my grandparents probably practiced a little bit more. But you know, it was about compassion. It was about being good, about kindness. In Islam, there's a lot about feeding people less fortunate than you are. So in, in India, there was so much of poverty. So very much being nice to other people, that to me is part of my religion, is about kindness. And of course, kindness is, is what you bring into your work with female empowerment. You say that kindness is key uh, to uh, to good business. Absolutely. I think it's been incredible, the journey, because kindness for me, gives power to everyone because everyone can be kind. You don't need to have a big bank balance or a degree. And I think it gives you power because you can control that. You can all be kind. And what's been exciting for me really is that it's really caught on even in the business world. So now we're launching this year something called Kindness and Leadership. So we're going to try to find the 50 kindest, well, not, you know, how do you say kindest, but really people who exemplify kindness in the business world. Mm. So it's very exciting. I think kindness has a place everywhere. It's not just about some soft skill where you're seen to be as an easy pushover if you're kind. I think, you know, people have to be very strong to be kind. Mm, Absolutely, I agree. Um, Now, I can't uh, but mention this because we are talking about art and you are sat here in a, a very lovely pink jacket. And your name, of course, is Pinky. So where does that name come from? Well, actually, it's quite a common nickname in India. So I was probably slightly fair. And before they really kept my real name, which was on my birth certificate, they all started calling me Pinky. So it, uh, it's as simple as that. And actually, the funny thing is that um, when they actually put it on my birth certificate, um, I recently, wherever I go, I, my actual passport has my real name, which is Nusrat, which is um, a Persian name, which means victory. Um, but then everything else is pinky. So it's quite sometimes difficult to accept, you know, people don't, uh, they kind of say, is this the same person? There's no real connection. <laughs> and the interesting thing was Benazir Bhutto, who was a great admirer of Guruji. She was the president of Pakistan, prime minister of Pakistan at one stage. Her n- nickname was Pinky as well. So in Oxford, apparently, she was known as Pinky Bhutto. Oh, right. Excellent. So, Pinky, were you an artist growing up? Absolutely not. I think I totally was lacked any artistic talent. I can't sing. I couldn't draw to save my life. Um, so not really... Um, an artist in any way but I love the art world and what was um, artistic art education like in uh, growing up I mean what was well there was you know obviously in school we had art lessons but then my grandfather was quite a well known person in Calcutta and there was this academy of fine arts which opened um, and uh, they had classes for um, people and so he enrolled me in one and the first time I went actually um, the woman told me that I had very little talent when I did a peacock which I think didn't look like a peacock so um, but there was a lot of um, I come from Bengal which is very rich in terms of art so we have you know people like Rabindranath Tagore a lot of very well-known people in the art world come from Bengal. And were there galleries and museums 
where where you lived? Yes, there were definitely galleries and museums. I mean, the museums were in Calcutta weren't really well maintained, um, but I think the ga- new galleries that came up were really fantastic and were encouraging new artists and women artists. So that was great. Mm. And do you collect any other artists? Well, I've got a couple of other paintings. Uh, one of them actually um, says they're Cecil Rhodes, and I bought it in, in a, a shop somewhere where I found this really lovely painting of a hill with... And I don't know, I've tried to find out whether it's the Cecil Rhodes, but I haven't had any luck there. I've got a couple of other paintings that I like. And um, also what was interesting, there's an artist who actually was part of our Women of the Future who decided to do a portrait called... Um, it was really... She did 21 women. She called it 21 women of the 21st century, women of power and influence. And she painted us all on this red chair. So she's painted me on this red chair. And I just love the painting because it doesn't look anything like me. It looks much nicer. And so we actually have that hanging in our dining room. And that's one of my favourite pieces too. Yeah, so can you explain a little bit about the process of, of sitting for an artist? How did you find that? Oh, I found it. I thought I'd have to go for several sittings, but I, I didn't have to. I sat there for two hours, probably the only two hours I was able to put my feet up. Um, and I think she then took some photos as well, so she was able um, to finish the whole product. But it was such a joy to sit there. You know, I was really, really um, excited, honoured to be mm. asked, because then she had some other very interesting people there. Mm. And I wonder what the process was like. Were you talking with her? Did you have a discussion or were you in silence? No, I was just silent. I probably enjoyed it so much because at that time of my life, I remember I was so busy that to have two hours to put my feet up was absolutely awesome. Well, absolutely. I mean, you are incredibly busy. You have many irons in the fire. I mean, women of the future, spice magic. And you're always saying about the importance of helping others. You always find the time if somebody gets in contact with you to try and help them. How do you find the time, Pinky? Well, I think, you know, if things are important, you find the time. Uh, And for me, I love talking to people. So I will find, I spend a lot of my time ringing up people who send me an email. I'll just call them up and say, hello, and they can say, I've just sent you an email. But I love that personal interaction. So I think you find time for the things you think are important, um, things you enjoy, because they energize you. So it's very, a big part of my life is to connect with people. Lovely. Thanks so much for coming in, Pinky. Thank you. It's been a huge joy. Today, we were talking about a painting owned by Pinky by the Pakistani artist Ismail Gulji. Gulji was born in 1926 and died aged 81 in 2007. He was a self-taught painter who focused initially on naturalistic portrait painting before turning to abstract art, for which he is now best known worldwide. His abstract works are colourful improvisations influenced by the American abstract expressionism and Islamic calligraphy. Gulji's work is in the collection of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, as well as the Faisal Mosque in Islamabad. If you would like to see the artwork we were discussing this week, or carry on the conversation further, you can find me on Twitter, at Laura Jane Foley. And if you want to discuss the show, please use the hashtag MyFavouriteWorkOfArt. The show was recorded at Wise Butter in London and was edited by Jack Townley. The title music is Blue from Colours by Dimitri Scarlato. I hope you'll be able to join me next time. Goodbye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.